Good morning. Come on, Thomas. I need you, bud. Good morning. There it is. There it is. We got a number of things to share with you. The fall is exciting. We're going to have people coming in uh, throughout this whole thing, but I want to share um, a number of very positive, uh, fun things. Before we do that, I want to give you the opportunity to share prayer concerns with us. Um, we're going to give you, if you like, we would give you a note card. If you'll just print legibly, print very clearly uh, so that I can read it. If you would like it only shared with our Tuesday prayer group, you can do that. Uh, just note that on the card. Otherwise, um, I'll read it during worship in our prayer concern segment. Um, so raise your hand now if you would like one of those cards, and our ushers will bring you one. Um, I'm going to start framing our announcements and our principles so that we reinforce them all the time. So one of the big things we believe in here at Memorial we're striving to have is hospitality. So under hospitality, we have a uh, Exploring Memorial class on August 14th, the second Sunday in August at 10 a.m. It's between here and the sanctuary. It's in the social hall. We'll be at 10 a.m. on August 14th. You'll learn more about other people, more about staff, more about me and uh, the United Methodist Church and what we're trying to do within that. We also invite you to uh, Lake Day at Lake Robinson on Sunday the 7th at 5 p.m. Lake Robinson is uh, not far from here. It was one of the first things I did last year here at the church and you are encouraged to bring a thing of ice cream. Is it called a churn? You're supposed to bring uh, ice cream with you or a dessert. Uh, we sit there on an uh, amazing deck looking out over the lake and have all kinds of awesome ice cream, ice cream and desserts. So that's August 7th at 5 p.m. Uh, exploring Memorial class, August 14th at 10 a.m. Um, Survey Monkey poll. We're going to try to have a uh, poll that we give to you on a weekly basis in which we're finding out more about some element of the church, and that's because we value your feedback in every angle of church life. So every time you see that poll, if you will participate, even if you're not a, a total consumer of that program, maybe are adapting that program in some way, shape, or form will cause you to be a consumer of that program. So please look out for the Survey Monkey poll. Um, we believe in worship um, in both of our services, contemporary and traditional. Uh, we have a similar theme, and that theme coming on August 14th is a new book. Um, it's called uh, Fear of the Other, No Fear in Love. It's by Bishop Will Williman. He's a um, local product uh, for here from Greenville and uh, was at Duke Chapel, was a bishop in North Alabama, is now back at Duke Chapel. Prolific writer, and we will be reading his book for nine weeks starting on August 14th. Um, we're going to be sending out the list of book orders. If you want to be on that list, make sure you tell us. We'll order the book for you. We'll have it for you in worship. You can take it home with you. Um, we, in our history, have had combined services on fifth Sundays. The intent of those combined services was to bridge the gap between our two worship services. Um, the reality of that was it was confusing to guests. Sometimes guests would come and we had a 10 o'clock service and they were hoping to come to the 9 o'clock service and we were done. Um, no. They were coming to the 11 o'clock service. They came and we were done. Um, so, number one, it was confusing to guests. Number two, we didn't really have great travel from, from here to the 11 or from 11 to here. 
both sides will tell you, hey, we traveled over there. I don't know if they traveled over here much. <laughs> it's, about, it's about equal. Um, so really, we're just going to have combined services at very rare occasions. They'll be the exception rather than the rule. So next Sunday would be one of those examples. We have a normal day with a 9 o'clock service and an 11 o'clock service. Um, I'm going to call on Erin Knight, who's our new children's director. She's going to talk about faith development, and I need you to hang in there. She's got a lot of fun things to share. I promised Joe I would try to leave a little time for his sermon, but we do have a lot of announcements this morning. <laughs> Again, I'm Erin Knight. I'm the director of Children and Family Ministries, and it's about the children I'd like to talk this morning. Uh, a lot of exciting news. First of all, Promotion Sunday will be August 21st. That'll be the first Sunday after they start back to school in Greenville County. Um, that day, there'll be a blessing of the children at the 9 o'clock service here followed by the presentation of third grade Bibles. And that's a really special moment in a child's faith development when they are handed that Bible. We are saying to them, you are old enough to study on your own. We think you're mature enough and able. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And we'll be having a special dedicated class for those third graders starting that day and going for the following three weeks. Uh, another thing that will be starting that day is a new type of Sunday school for elementary age children. Uh, it's called Rotation Sunday School. Some of you have probably heard of it, others not. But what happens is that the children will go to their regular classroom split by grade, K-5 first, second, third, fourth, and fifth, and there will be someone called a shepherd there to greet them. Two shepherds, in fact, each week. Um, so those shepherds will introduce the story and, and spend just 10 minutes getting the kids oriented to what we're learning that day. Um, and then the shepherds will walk the children to a rotation station. Uh, so the other type of teachers we need are rotation teachers. The kids will be studying the same story for three, four, five weeks in a row so that they can truly learn it. And they will be experiencing it in a different way each week through those rotation stations. It may be um, video, art, music, drama, uh, Legos has been a popular one. We have about 15 different ones we're going to integrate, so your kids should be really intrigued and, and ready to come and learn at church because sooner or later we're going to hit every kid's favorite learning style um, by having all these rotation stations. Um, the shepherds will stay with the children the entire time, um, but the rotation teacher will be giving the lesson, and they will repeat the same lesson each week for three weeks until every age group of children has heard it. Um, so if this is a new concept, up to you. Um, you may have questions. I will be at the trophy, um, the trophy case outside doing sign-in after this, and I'm glad to answer those questions. Um, but what we're basically doing is having two sets, the shepherds who will be um, really connecting with that grade level and serving there on a, on a uh, rotating basis um, all year long, sharing that responsibility with other shepherds. And then the rotation teachers, I'm really hoping to draw some of you who are not serving in children's ministry currently. Maybe you love woodworking, maybe you love sewing. Whatever your gift is, you can share it with the children and um, I'm looking forward to seeing how that works. Um, you may have seen the survey for this week that came out, um, exciting new volunteer opportunities. Um, if you didn't see this, there are paper copies in the back here at the trophy case and outside my office, and you're welcome to return them to those same places. But we really do want to get you all engaged to make the child's um, experience as wonderful as possible. Um, 
And this will be an easier way to volunteer as you'll prepare only once if you're a rotation teacher and I will provide the lesson. Um, and if you're a shepherd, you just need to be prepared to tell the story for 10 minutes. Um, other than that, we have a lot of volunteer needs all outlined in this survey. Uh, we're looking forward to filling them and starting a really great school year in the fall. Um, I think that is all of my announcements. Let me just hit the paper one more time. Yes, so please do check this out. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. It's, um, if you haven't seen it before, it's a really great way to change uh, the vision of the students to see a, a very different way a story is presented. It also gives us opportunities for y'all to participate as a leader in a way that you might never experience uh, in the previous system. I'm going to call on Jerry Kerbhorst. Kerbhorst, correct? Yes. Kerbhorst. Just say it. Just say it. Don't read it. That's right. He's going to tell us about mission and service. Thank you. Um, I come before you as a member of the Partners in Faith Sunday School class. Um, and we have a calling that we just got done with a, a series, um, kind of spurred on also by Joe's um, series on service that we had just recently. So with that in mind, got some things that kind of put in front of us. Um, believe it or not, school starts in three weeks. Um, our kids have gone to Chandler Creek Elementary. Uh, one's just left, one's finished in their last year. And um, one of the things interacting with the teachers and the administrative staff over there, um, they run out of stuff. So every year they have an introduction day, go meet your teacher, bring your supplies that the teacher provides. It, it's never enough. So. We as a class hope to call on the power of you all in the church to help provide additional supplies, not only to Chandler Creek, but any other schools that um, we can kind of work with and ask for. So in the elementary side, copy paper, number two pencils, glue sticks, notebooks, facial tissues, Lysol wipes, something I would not have thought of, earbuds. So they do a lot of stuff on the computer, need to do it with their ears, and they run out of those all the time. And then um, backpacks. Backpacks are a little bit bigger than everything else. So um, in the next couple of weeks, we'll have collection bins for uh, here, both services, and then at the church office too. And then we'll collect those as a group and kind of distribute those out. Second thing, um, so Carson, his parents are in our class, and we begin a lot of bags, right? And so one of the things we need to do is put those bags together, get them ready for uh, converting into those mats. So on August the 13th, Saturday night, 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock, we will invite anyone that wants to come. We're going to have pizza, a movie, and we're going to work on assembling these uh, bags. A couple of different steps. So some of it's folding and cutting. Some of that is taking those strips and putting them together. Maybe there's even some crocheting of the mats themselves. Um, but it takes a lot of hands, it's a lot of rep repetitive work, and it's very, very easy. So, um, anyway, Wayne Morris, um, kind of helping lead this up as well as I am, so um, we just say, show up. And um, you don't need to sign up to show up, but we'll get the pizzas and the food kind of ready to go, and um, we'll have a good evening together. The last thing, a little further on down the road, um, but I would ask you to think about it, as you're looking into buying clothes for the winter season, looking through your closets, is that we've also learned through Chandler Creek, there's a lot of kids that come to school without the appropriate clothing. They're not warm enough. 
So if you're running through your closets and you need a place for jackets, hoodies, rain gear, pullovers, windbreakers, please bring them. We'll collect them. We'll get them all squared away. And then we're going to work with Greer Children's Ministry. No, not children, just Greer Ministries. And we're going to um, make sure the schools know where they can send families to kind of help get those things. So anyway, on the behalf of our class, thanks for listening. Hope that uh, you can come in on the 13th. Thank you, Jerry. Just an awful lot to absorb. Hospitality, worship, faith development, mission and service. These are the things we're trying to do as much as humanly possible. Let's begin our worship service. Good morning. Would you stand and worship with us?
pray with me. Dear God, just thank you for this uh, beautiful summer morning, and just thank you for everything that you give us each and every day. Uh, just please help us to focus our minds um, on this time of worship this morning, and just set aside all distractions. We love you, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.
greet your neighbors and children come forward for Children's Church. you made me do that. I got this microphone. Let's talk about two things. First thing we're going to talk about is fishing. What do you need to go fishing? A fishing rod. You need a fishing rod. Good answer. Tackle box. Hook. Tackle box has, what is that? What's in that? And the bait. The bait. And bread. Did you say it bugs? Bread. Mm. For like some fish like bread. Some fish like bread. Some fish like bugs. Some fish like the shiny thing that sparkles. What else we need? Not nah, Austin's aren't big on fishing. Some fish eat fish. You what? Some fish eat fish. So they do worms. Mm -hmm. So we're focused on the bait. What else do we need? What body of water do we need? Artificial bait, artificial worms. Water that we drink. Hmm. No, no. Uh, just lake water. Lake water is one. What's another one? Pond water. Pond water. Ocean. Ocean. That's pretty good. So if we want to go fishing, we need a uh, um, pole, a hook, many types of bait that we described fully. And water. And one of three types of water. So is fishing always fun? Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Almost always fun. What if it were your job? It might be a little frustrating, I bet, sometimes. If you don't catch anything and you were going for fun, at least you had fun doing what? Fishing. Fishing and having snacks and hanging around with your friends. But if it were your job and you didn't catch anything, that would be frustrating. So that happens today in the text. And Jesus uses that opportunity to reach out to those guys. So I want y'all to um, listen to the story and see what happens when Jesus reaches out to some very frustrated fishermen. The other thing I'm going to tell you is, um, you know how y'all have come forward in worship like this for a number of times? We're going to change the way that we do this. We're going to sing, this is going well, the carpet, that's exciting. Mm -hmm. So we're going, to, we're going to sing in worship more than we have children's sermons, okay? I'm actually going to do music on Sunday nights, and we're going to sing and worship, and Miss Aaron's going to do it too. So we're going to do that way more than we do children's sermons. Y'all okay with that? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. As long as we get to have the carpet, right? As long as we get to have this exciting carpet. All right, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, for the fun things that you give us, the things that continue our life, the opportunities that we have um, to fish with our friends. And as we read this text today, help us to hear the frustration of your disciples and the love that you showed them. In your son's name we pray. Amen. You may go back to your parents. So, what do we want to pray for today? We have a number of people in our congregation that uh, I visited, that loving people in the congregation visit that we've communicated with that are struggling with minor and major health concerns. 
minor and major job questions, minor and major transitions in life. Uh, following God has nothing to do with whether we will have conflict, sickness, or loss. The difference is in following God, we have God's presence amongst us, we recognize it, and we have the presence of our family around us, supporting us and love us. Let's pray that we can become a loving, supporting family to one another and to this community. Gracious God, we thank you for your example. In your creation, you provided before you ever asked for anything. In your covenants that you gave to your people, from Adam all the way till today, you first provided. And in your covenants, you weren't coming up with um, stickler rules that you were going to track and then hold against humans. You came up with avenues, multiple avenues that we could choose with our own free will to live in abundance in your covenant. Forgive us, Lord, when we go astray and we call you a rule keeper. Forgive us when we think that you aren't listening. Forgive us when you think that you're just judging. And remind us that you establish provision before you do anything. Lord, we pray for those in this community that feel isolated, that feel that church is the last place that they could find family, support, and love. We pray for them. That they may find a community of love and support inside a church or outside of it in your name. We pray that as we open the text today, we may understand it fully. We may make the story our own. That we may see all the perspectives and understand your will. Bless us, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. I want to give you an encouraging word about prayer with a practice that I follow that you probably never see because your eyes are closed. I actually read the Lord's Prayer on the screen every week. And I think it's a perfect illustration of the difficulty of praying during the week for you or for me. You think about the number of things, if you bow your head and close your eyes, any point during the week, you're going to think 1,000 things that need to happen. And as I'm about to pray, I'm thinking, what's about to happen in the sermon? What's going to happen after the sermon? What's going to happen in Sunday school? What's going to happen at 11? And so I look and I read it. One, so that I'll remember it because my brain's churning. And two to focus on it. So if you struggle in prayer as I do, I encourage you just to Google it. Prayer for patience. Read it. Read it out loud. Um, that way um, it will lead you to an um, easier way to focus on your prayer life. So we're continuing with our uh, theme of creeks, lakes, and streams. Opportunities in which people found out more about one another and more about God near some body of water. So today it's the Sea of Galilee, the place where Jesus first approached his disciples, the place they left to go to Jerusalem, the place they now find themselves again. Chapter 21, verse 1. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples. This is after the crucifixion and resurrection. 
by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. So here's your first phrase. Do what has worked in the past. This is um, often a rule followed by human beings and especially a rule followed by church. Whether for good or for bad, we will do what we have done in the past. We return to the thing that has worked before if we've tried something just for a couple minutes and struggled with it. And you know what? And I'll do this too. Even if it hasn't worked before, church people will return to the thing that they've done before. Regardless if it ever worked then because you think, you know, back then we were comfortable. I don't know if it worked or not, but it sure felt like the thing that we were doing and we don't have to stretch ourselves. We um, don't have to learn a new thing. We're going to go back to the thing that we've done before. Listen to the last verses of chapter 20. This is not on your screen. Chapter 20 is the resurrection chapter in John. It tells all sorts of amazing stories about Jesus being resurrected and everybody finding out. And the last line in that chapter is, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. The author of the Gospel of John wrapping up that entire arc by saying, there's so many more stories that I could tell you than the ones that are included in this gospel. But these are the ones that I shared with you that you may have life in Jesus' name. That's our second phrase. Life in His name. What does that mean? It's important for us to distinguish here and it's part of what I shared in the um, uh, prayer prior to the sermon. Does life in His name mean victory? Does life in His name mean safety? Does life in His name mean that we get to boss people around because we're the authority? Does life in His name mean that we'll be healthy? Well, um, if you use Scripture as your model, there are a whole lot of people that lived life in His name that had an awful lot of difficult things to deal with. It's important to distinguish that to say we're not choosing life in His name so that we can have the five-star package of life. We're choosing life in His name because we want to believe in something greater than ourselves, believe in our Creator, the Son that He sent so that we can understand. Life in His name, what does that mean? Let's look in verse 4. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So let's look at a picture. <laughs> what are the reasons that we roll our eyes? Disbelief? Are you serious? These are escalating. Um, annoyance? Are you kidding me? Contempt? These are three reasons why we roll our eyes when someone has said something or done something that is out of their purview. You don't know what you're talking about. Adults say it to kids. You don't know what you're talking about. Kids say it to adults. You don't know what you're talking about. Ministers say it to congregants. You don't know what you're talking about. Congregants say it to ministers. You don't know what you're talking about. We're about to have students say it to teachers. You don't know what you're talking about. Teachers, 
I really don't know what you're talking about to the students I'm trying to teach you. Any number of reasons why you would roll your eyes. I saw one not long ago. I think the girls are in the nursery. Yeah, my girls are in the nursery. I saw it happen not long ago and I went, oh no. No, 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 no. Let's not start with that. You roll your eyes when you think that person doesn't know what in the world they're talking about. If they don't know who this guy is on the shore and they were the ones fishing, they were the ones who caught nothing, and they didn't go fishing for a couple hours. They left in the early evening. It's now the early morning. We got empty nets, and we got a guy from the shore saying, hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you go on the other side? What? No, we're not going to do that. Here's your next phrase, and I love it. <laughs> I love the thing I wrote. <laughs> I love me some me. Jesus is not impeded by eye rolls. Because let me tell you, he got some. Pretty much from day one, Jesus got eye rolls. His claims about being the Son of God, are you kidding me? His invitations for meals with outsiders, those people who should not be here according to our rules. Mm -mm. His random group of disciples plucked from peculiar locations. When, they, when he picked them, he went, oh, these people? And what's fascinating is it's now these people who are rolling their eyes at him. If we spend four or five minutes, four or five days, a couple months on a subject, we think, oh yeah, I got this. They're looking at him saying, what do you know? about putting the net on the other side. Jesus is not impeded by eye rolls, including mine. Let's continue on. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring us some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back in the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. Y'all heard me say three, seven, 12, 40. Y'all ever heard 153 before? Mm -mm. You don't hear that one much. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Then Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. What's that meal sound like? When you came and you took the bread and he gave it to them? It sounds like the holy communion that preceded the crucifixion. The time in which they understandably, no one can make fun of them for leaving him in that tough moment. It was probably going to cost them their life too. He's now offering it to them again. And again, it's the third time. And each time Jesus appears to people... You know, prior to this, it's he's appearing to Mary and she thinks he's um, uh, someone has stolen the body. Now he's appearing to them and they think he's some random guy on the shore. Down the road, he will appear to um, the people on the way to Emmaus and they say, you talk about an eye roll. They say, where have you been? You don't know what's going on? 
and then they tell them the story. Um, each time has been different. And each time there's been a different activity which has caused them to see who he was. So here's your next phrase. Putting on clothes and jumping in the water. That's what we do, right? That's the order, isn't it? Let's put on some clothes, then jump in the water. Peter says, Peter sees him. And um, I, there's a great friend of mine. Uh, I've told you about him all last year, uh, all last program year. Uh, a friend of mine, Chris Barrett, was a minister and um, had cancer and ultimately died in um, the early part of this year. Uh, the podcast that I'm bringing back now in a couple of weeks, I had on a weekly basis at Buncombe Street. And he was a guest on the podcast, and I deleted most of the episodes to sh create room for future episodes, but I kept his. And I listened to it again last night. He said, this has very similar imagery to Adam and Eve putting their clothes on as God was coming towards them in the garden. They recognized something was wrong and that they needed to do something after they had had that gross misjudgment of doing what they did. Peter recognizing who he was, what he was doing, why he was doing it, and that he was in proximity caused him to want to clothe himself. And I'd never noticed this before. He said, then he jumped in the water. And Chris said that day, this is like 2012, there's baptismal um, imagery there. There's renewal Im imagery there. A man who was the first to raise his hand anytime the teacher asked the question, first to act anytime there was um, potential action, first to do anything, and for the good and the bad. And he struggled sometimes. This man who three times by a fire said he didn't know Jesus now is jumping in the lake to come see Jesus the next phrase fire and fish I'm not a big fish guy but I get it I get the, the charcoal fire by the lake putting fish on it how cool that is um, Moses did what he did ran away and how was he approached to come back fire in a big bush the disciples were fishermen and they were told, we're going to go now fish for people. These two images are back again. Fire and fish to draw them back in after such a broken-hearted story, such a painful loss, such a feeling that this is now over and I'm going to go do the thing that I did before. Verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Chris pointed out, um, he's back to his original name. He's not Simon the Rock. He's um, not Cephas. He's, not, he's the name before Jesus arrived. We're restarting. Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you? Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him for the third time. You, you know, he could have asked him seven times, or 12 times, 40 times. But it's the same number of times that he rejected him. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. 
Take care of my people if you love me. So your next phrase is finding redemption. We have failed. We have done something or said something that we should not have either in the name of God or outside of the name of God. Period. We have. We have not done something or not said something significant either in the name of God or outside of the name of God. Period. We've done it. So we understand. We understand that struggle. And you know what? Jesus shows up anyway. Jesus continues to show up on the shore of our lives and continues to beckon us, call us, invite us, provide for us, and send us back out to try again. So this is the last thing Chris said on the podcast, and I think it's important, and I think it should be a fundamental value for us in this church, and it's the last phrase. We need to have a hearty appetite for failure. So everything I've done uh, all summer long with Aaron's help, actually everything Aaron's done all summer long with my help is to try to create structure of our um, roster, our security, our giving, our... um, There's some other ones. Um, Ways that we can improve our systems around here so that you can easily get information, you can easily check in, we can easily find you. All of that is to reduce the number of chances that we have that we fail. But we sort of have to have two things going, making sure that we have our systems the best they can possibly be, but also risking something that we could fail. Otherwise, we're sitting in here uh, in our comfy places, doing our comfy things, the same things that we always do, and we're not impacting anyone. Chris said, these are flawed followers that are trying their very best. And all of our failures, as small as they are or as big as they are, can redeem us. I can tell you, I could write a book of the failures that I've had in 15 years that have set me up for success here. And whatever failures I have here will set me up for success going forward. The willingness to risk it. Things that we could do that we never imagined before we failed. So I'll tell you a practice of mine about this time every year is to look at YouTube and look at um, videos for the upcoming college football year. I don't even care uh, whether it's my team or not. I just like watching um, fired up, feisty videos that people have put out for their team, whatever team that may be. I just like anybody with a ball, really, until the actual Saturday comes and then, you know, it's pretty targeted. I won't tell you what coach said this because I don't want to, you know, oh, I hate whoever that is. <laughs> right? It's real. This is what he said. This is in the locker room before they were walking out the door. And it's not on the screen. Don't worry about making a mistake. Every mistake you make today is my mistake. It's my mistake. Just put it on me. I want you to go out and play with instincts and just put it all on the line. I've got you. You know, I make, you know, makes my, oh, what is it? Hair stand up on my arm. We've talked about it. We practice. We try to put people in the right place. We're going to put you out there and things are going to happen that you do not expect. You're going to fail in one way or another. But your failure is mine. Just do it. Do your very best and try your very hardest. That is um, 
if you can hear that from your leader, it's as comforting and as exciting as can possibly be. So we put these scripture passages all summer long in an arc of invitation, of um, opportunity, of struggle, of looking at me, what I want to do, of struggle, of fear of doing what we're going to do, of outright failure, and then trying to have today as redemption. We have an opportunity to do special things in the name of God in the name of this church. And so um, I want to encourage you that I feel that way, that Jesus feels that way about me, and I feel that way about every one of you, that we have a special, special program year coming for every age group. And while we try to put our system in place to make us the best we possibly can be, we're going to risk, and we're going to fail, and we're going to do it in the name of God because God loves us regardless and inspires us to do it. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you are so full of mercy and love. But you don't just give us mercy and love so that we can watch Netflix. You give us mercy and love so that we can risk things, understand that we'll fail, and know that you love us anyway. Help us, Lord, to do bold things this program year bold things in your name for hospitality, for people coming to your house, for worship in both of our services, for faith development throughout this week, for mission and service locally and abroad, for generosity to this church and to this community. Bless us, Lord, in the pursuit of your goals. Amen. It's now time for our offering. We have uh, opportunity for you to give um, online, and we want to make sure that we um, get that to you. It will be in the email, um, and you'll be able to text to give. You'll be able to give in a recurring way, and if none of those things make any sense to you, you'll be able to give in the way that you have always given. Uh, we're grateful for that, too. You're going to get emails um, setting up a number of things, and they're going to come from constant contact. Those emails from Constant Contact will likely go to your promotions folder if you have a Gmail account. They might go to your spam folder if you have another account. Look for that email in your email account and make it okay so that you can hear a number of positive things coming from our church.
God, there is no one more wonderful. You are wonderful. God, you are the most wonderful. You are glorious. You are glorious. Oh, God, there is no one more glorious. You Would you please stand and sing with us? Give life. 
Combinations, and it's been fun to hear and see y'all's different combinations. Thank you. Check your email for promotions or spam. It's important that we get that right so that we can get in touch with you. Thank you so much for doing the contact information poll. If you haven't done that, make sure you do that. Yesterday I heard that a child was sick. I looked at our new, our new roster that's updated. I called the parent and was able to go see that child in the hospital in 20 minutes. That's because we were getting, we're getting our information right. Thank you for doing that. See Aaron if you have questions or concerns about the children's program. Lots of fun stuff in August. Pay attention. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.